0: Hey everyone, we're back with another exciting Jupiter extra, but today we have a whole new cast of characters. For example, Drew, you're joining me on this one today. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Hi y'all, thank you
2: for having me.
0: And most of you might remember my friend Seth from his last Jupiter extra. Seth, thanks for making time again.
2: Hey y'all, thanks for having me.
0: And we have a brand new guest who you guys might not know quite yet, my friend, Hart Hoover. Hey, Hart, how's it going?
3: It is going so well. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, Hart, you're kind of the new kid here, so we're going to put you on the spot. Can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do?
3: Sure. So I work for VMware, uh, and I manage the Kubernetes Academy team, or Academy, which is a training website, and private customer training around Kubernetes and container concepts.
0: It doesn't just stop there. You do some community uh, Kubernetes work as well, right?
3: Well, I like to help out when I can with the local San Antonio Kubernetes meetup where I live in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I'm also a member of the uh, CNCF Speakers Bureau and Uh, Do several industry events around Kubernetes and uh, helping educate folks out there about what the heck this thing is.
0: Seth, you're not a newbie to Kubernetes either, right?
2: I am not. I have been using it for a couple years in various uh, capacities at different jobs. And I've been an upstream contributor uh, for a little over a year now. And I do a bunch of docs stuff and and co-lead the security docs uh, subproject as well.
0: So Drew, that leaves me and you as the new kids on the block. So hopefully we'll be able to kind of call these guys out when they give us some answers that might not be too clear.
1: Yeah. Well, and I have next to zero Kubernetes experience, so this will be particularly interesting for me.
0: I'm going to kick us off with the question that I hate to ask because I always get the same answer. So I'm going to hold you guys to higher standards. And that's the What is Kubernetes? Now, before we started, I banned you guys from saying container orchestration because that is not an answer that actually explains it. So what is Kubernetes?
3: Container scheduling. (laughs) (laughs) It is a system that helps you run containers in a production environment. And it takes into account things like running multiple containers on one or more machines and takes care of things like resource allocation, uh, port conflicts, load balancing, uh, scheduling, access to storage, access to network, things like that across multiple hosts. Hopefully that's a good definition outside of container orchestration.
2: I think it's a good one. Um, So yeah, outside of uh, container orchestration, the way I've always explained um, Kubernetes to uh, new users, uh, whether they're developers or infrastructure or anything like that, is Kubernetes takes care of a lot of the things that you need to do to run a containerized workload, uh, or a bunch of them, were you to have a million hands you could put on keyboards. So you give it a set of instructions that you want, you give it uh, a shopping list of the containers you want running, how you want them run, and Kubernetes does that for you in whatever way uh, it needs. Managing the cloud under the hood, all the containers you want, the replicas, Um, and all things like that, whereas you can just kind of keep doing your job and hopefully forget about it running in the background. It's not always that easy, but that's how I like to, to frame it for beginners.
1: And would I be right to say that in the background, it doesn't really matter what the hosts are doing? Kubernetes does its best to manage the bare metal underneath it all, or virtual metal as it may be, uh, to handle all of that back end on its own?
2: That's been the goal. Um, and and over the years, as the project has been worked on, uh, we've gotten a lot of buy-in from uh, engineers and and developers, uh, you know, people in the Kubernetes community from the various, uh, you know, big three cloud providers, AWS, Azure, and of course, being that Kubernetes was born out of Google, um, you know, Google Cloud, um, and then, especially as of late, there's been a lot of push towards getting this to work anywhere, um, and you know, you mentioned bare metal uh, and things like that. So that's that's the goal: is that you provide your Kubernetes cluster with A pool of whatever, bare metal servers, EC2 instances in AWS, compute instances in Google Cloud, and it just works.
0: Let me ask you this, and I promise that I ask it with complete sincerity. So this is not a troll question. But why did Kubernetes become the big kind of hoopla that it is when we already had services like Docker Swarm?
2: Docker containers are one thing that pretty much anybody that started working with containers um, post C groups and namespaces uh, will think of. They always think of the fun whale. And Docker Swarm was really good at managing a smaller workload of containers on uh, a decent sized server, but uh, it's it fell down managing a lot of the uh, external things. Like Hart said, uh, when you call Kubernetes a container orchestration platform, that barely scratches the surface of all the things that go around. Containers like storage, networking, the underlying compute, things like that, and Kubernetes—it's uh, only gotten better, but uh, was really good at managing a lot of those things around your containers. Whereas something like Docker Swarm was a little lighter weight and has improved over time, or something like uh, Mesos was incredibly complex and and does well at a grander scale, but. Uh, Kubernetes really falls in the middle there um, and, in my opinion, is easier to get set up than something like Mesos and solves a lot of uh, tangential problems to running containerized workloads.
3: One thing I want to jump in on is that, you know, if you look back at what was going on around that time, there was also uh, services like CoreOS's fleet, which managed containers across hosts or attempted to uh, through some type of like distributed system D method. Um and what's what's made Kubernetes extremely powerful is its reconciliation loops in that it takes a desired state from the cluster operator or developer and then tries over and over and over and over to make that state reality. So whereas if a service falls over on some random host, and this was especially true with something like Fleet at the time, uh, it would just be dead, unless you had something else to go through and restart it. Uh, and so Kubernetes, by automatically monitoring those workloads and making sure through those reconciliation loops that the service that you actually want running is running, um, makes it extremely powerful platform.
2: A phrase like reconciliation loop is up there on the level of esoteric, like container orchestrator, but... It really gets to the crux of what Kubernetes does. It constantly strives to give you what you want in terms of networking, number of containers, storage, things like that, and just keeps your ship afloat.
0: Now, we've thrown around so many terms and just open-ended concepts that, Drew, one of the things I have to wonder about, and I don't know if you've wondered this, is, is this all theoretical or Are there businesses actually using this in production? Not planning, but actual production?
1: I mean, I would assume yes, especially since it came out of Google, right? It's born out of business and for business, but I'd definitely be interested to hear about some specifics.
3: So at VMware... We have a slew of customers running Kubernetes in production today. I wish I could just go down the list and t- give you all of our customers' names, but of course I can't do that. <laughs> uh, but I will say that um, def- there are definitely companies that you've heard of that are running Kubernetes in production, and uh, even some things that we would consider like mission critical or uh, you know critical infrastructure um, is running on Kubernetes. It's a very exciting time to be involved in the Kubernetes project.
2: I can say that the company where I currently work, Sysdig, uh, uses Kubernetes in production, both to run our workloads as well as customer workloads, and provides tooling to assist other people that want to run Kubernetes uh, in production. So it's definitely catching on, uh, caught on, and will continue to catch on.
3: And a cool thing that was announced at the recent uh, VM world from my point of view is that Kubernetes is about to be baked into... Uh, vSphere itself. And so any company that's using the next version of vSphere is going to be a Kubernetes customer, which is a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's huge.
0: So this kind of segues into one of the reasons that I asked you guys to be here today. And that's you know, I, I did a basic intro to containers course at Linux Academy, and people are constantly contacting me saying, you know, El, I I really want to transition into the tech world. You know, I'm looking to promote up in my job, and what I need to learn is I need to learn Kubernetes. How do I get started? I kind of hate that question because it treats Kubernetes like it's just one thing that you can learn as a course. And what I've kind of viewed is that Kubernetes has different facets. Like, are you going to be in deployments? Are you going to be an end user? Are you going to be, you know, somebody who's maintaining this? Um, So I kind of just pose that question to you guys is what advice would you give to those people who are going, I need to know K8s to be able to progress in my future?
3: So that definitely depends on what role you want to pursue. Like you were mentioning, right? There's a lot of different ways to go about learning Kubernetes. If you consider yourself an operator, then you would definitely want to get more into the internals of Kubernetes as a platform operator and figure out how all the services work together to make the Kubernetes platform. If you're a developer, maybe that's less important to you as far as the operator uh, perspective. And you want to learn how to actually deploy containers on Kubernetes. So uh, for that, a managed service is much more applicable for you.
1: The underlying container technology, is that focusing on OCI or is it more towards the Docker end of things?
3: So today the majority of Kubernetes deployments are using Docker as the container runtime. Uh, however, because Kubernetes is modular in the way that it works with uh, different underlying services, you can swap out the container runtime to not use Docker and instead use something like container D. Um, or other things that use the OCI standard.
2: Cryo is a big one that has been uh, trying to go hand in hand with Kubernetes and maybe seeking to replace Docker, but the future will tell.
0: Seth, my next question is kind of targeted towards you because we just had the talk about how you got started and transitioning into your current role. What skills do you think that people need to have before they tackle this? You know, Can you go from, hey, I'm just a starting out in tech and I don't know much, to I'm gonna learn Kubernetes in the next month? That
2: I would say is exactly what I did. <laughs> I was very lucky to be surrounded by a few good engineers that had been using Kubernetes for a few years. And so they were there to help me and point me in the right direction. But even in the last couple years that I've been using Kubernetes, something like the uh, the Kubernetes documentation has greatly improved with a lot of intros and hands-on things like that. Um, another tool that was um, indispensable to me was Minikube, which spins up a small Kubernetes API endpoint on your machine. Um, this is a problem that also is solved with Kind or something like that. And it really helped me wrap my mind around the Kubernetes command syntax. I didn't need to know what was going on under the hood yet. I just wanted to know how to run the proper commands. And then was able, once I felt comfortable with that, to take it to uh, my company's uh, QA cluster where I started and just poked around, listed the you know VMs that were running, containers, things like that. Um, but one thing I would caution is never get... Uh, too focused on just learning Kubernetes. There's a lot of things around Kubernetes in the ecosystem. It's still Linux under the hood. And um, it's definitely something that's good to know, at least, you know, in my world as a, as an operations guy. Um, but you don't want to be too short-sighted or too uh, narrowly focused on being a Kubernetes expert. Uh, there's a lot of other things that help out.
0: So, Hart... I know that you'd actually had a bit of container experience before taking on the role that you have now. How valuable was that? Or did you feel that you kind of just had to learn everything all over again with Kubernetes being this kind of different beast?
3: It was definitely nice to have some container expertise under my belt, but Kubernetes was pretty new to me. um, And I was definitely one of those learn by doing people. So once I knew how to put containers together. And now I have a container image. I want to run it on this Kubernetes system. I'm going to start poking at it, like like Seth mentioned a second ago, to where, you know, if I run uh, kubectl apply-f, like what happens? And uh, what happens to the services underneath that I'm talking to? And just kind of go deeper and deeper into each thing until I understood what was going on. But it was definitely helpful to have some, at least some basic Uh, container knowledge and Linux knowledge before jumping into something like Kubernetes.
1: And so obviously VMware thinks that Kubernetes is a big part of the future. Where do you two see it going? Is it going to keep expanding? Is it going to keep exploding and just getting bigger and bigger until it's uh, synonymous with the way we do business?
3: From my perspective, I hope that Kubernetes kind of just becomes an implementation detail in the background as more things build on top of it. Uh, Kubernetes has been described as a platform for platforms, and I think that's a very good description for it. Uh, Right now, a lot of people are interested in in Kubernetes itself, and that's good. But in the future, and I'm talking years out, um, it will, I'm hoping, uh, because this will mean it's the standard, will just become invisible behind some other cool, awesome technology that we're all developing applications on.
2: I agree. I think Kubernetes is already well on its way to being ubiquitous and almost an implementation detail. That being said, not everyone needs a Kubernetes cluster, but it does fill a lot of gaps left by a lot of other forms of infrastructure.
1: If somebody is getting ready to start thinking about containers for their own project, would it be a good idea to go ahead and go the Kubernetes route if it seems like your project is going to expand from like the small business case to a medium and eventually to a large? Will that help growth?
3: So I think that's where a lot of managed services are helpful for Kubernetes. You can have a cloud provider or service operator manage the Kubernetes bits for you and still take advantage of the Kubernetes API. But then when you start to need uh, something a bit more out of the system or you want to start consuming a feature that's new to the Kubernetes ecosystem but not yet part of the managed services and your company is large enough to support it, then you can start thinking about moving to something a bit more custom in your own cluster Right at that size. But if you just want to have – I don't think there's any – downside really in learning how Kubernetes works uh, from a small standpoint, depending on what we mean by small, (laughs) because there's still going to be someone at the end of the day that operates the platform, um, whether you do that in partnership with a cloud provider or, or not. And hopefully you have the staff to do that.
0: At the risk of being the naysayer, and you guys can definitely correct me, but sometimes I feel that companies just jump to Kubernetes because it's that new hotness, and they end up adding unneeded complexity to their application and to what their end project is.
2: I agree 1,000%. I have heard of a lot of companies running large monolithic apps that hear Kubernetes and think it will solve all their problems. Uh, and they end up containerizing their monolith without breaking it into smaller microservices or better architecting the application. And at that point, Kubernetes gets you nothing. If it takes you two and a half minutes to start up your container in Kubernetes, all the redundancy in the world and fault tolerance that Kubernetes can bring you is almost pointless. Uh, you really need to be properly containerized and looking Towards a uh, properly microserviced architecture, if you really want Kubernetes to do anything for you. Uh, it's not the first step you should be taking when you're starting a new company. It's not something you should be diving towards if you're uh, an old school Java shop running monoliths. You really need to make sure you have all your ducks in a row before you decide to move to our container orchestration platform.
3: I would say that's fair. I mean, if you're especially if you're coming from something else like replatforming, yeah, you're going to need to do some work to take advantage of the platform that you're moving to, whether that's, you know, coming from bare metal to a cloud environment or a cloud environment on VMs to Kubernetes and containers. Like, there's going to be some some migration work there.
0: Wow, Hart, that was a lot to think about. And I think it's a really good point about how quickly people can just get involved with, oh, I have to do the new hotness. You know, I'm going to do Kubernetes. So let's take a step back and kind of wrap this up with how we started. And that's if you had the one go-to place that you were going to dedicate your time to learn K8s, what would that be?
3: I'm going to do my shameless plug here for cube.academy. It's a website that VMware launched uh, last year. That has a lot of Kubernetes 101 and Container 101 uh, video courses available for free. Uh, you don't even have to give us your email address. Just come and check it
2: out. And for me, I would say that there is a lot of great content up on katakoda.com. Uh, a lot of great getting started Kubernetes courses, uh, no cost. Uh, so check it out and dive in.
0: Now, Drew, I think people are going to know what our favorite training place is already, right? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You should be looking at a Cloud Guru and Linux Academy.
0: Thanks, guys, for all of your time today. And if you all want a little bit more training, we will make sure to have all of the links that we talked about within the show notes. And if you st- were listening to this and we're a little curious about, you know what, I don't even know what a container is, make sure to listen to Jupiter Extras episode 23 with Alex from Self Hosted letting us know what exactly a container is.
1: And of course, you can find all of our show notes and all of the other episodes for Jupiter Extras at extras.show.